All right, so we are live. Good evening. It is yours truly, Dr. Barry Perry, your favorite board-certified internist, host of The Real Physician Reacts. If this is your first time catching my live series, this is something that I do every Thursday evenings, 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Unless I'm on night shift, then we typically skip off that week. But when I'm not on a night shift, I am here with you guys to talk about current events, that come across, obviously, in the health-related uh, sphere or public health-related sphere that either come across my timelines, that gets messaged me, that gets DM me, or something that like I said, oh, I got to talk about this. So we are going to be discussing a reality that I think is something that if you've been following the Lunch and Learn community and just following me you know, for a while, this is something I've been talking about really since the start of the pandemic. The fact that we are going to have to come with this thought that the COVID-19 vaccine is going to be an annual thing. Like when I think people talk about the vaccine, they think like, all right, I got my vaccine. I got my booster. I should be good to go. But we're starting to come with the realization that, hey, you know what? This this thing is not going anywhere. This thing being COVID-19. And if it's not going anywhere and it's still going to have this ability to have a variant after a variant after a variant to better prepare for it, we better, you know what, just make this vaccine something that we should be trying to get every single year, which is, I think, a, a sign to tell, and we're going to talk about what that means, um, but I want to play a clip from Dr. Anthony Fauci where he kind of said, he takes my words right out of my mouth. Like, again, I've been saying this for a while. He takes the words right out of my mouth. Um, to kind of get an idea, we're, we're going to obviously give a COVID-19 update as well, which I think we'll start there to kind of lead on. So let's talk about COVID cases. Let's talk about COVID deaths. Let's talk about the vaccines, not only here in the United States. I know a lot of us are very geocentric. A lot of my community, people who follow me are in the United States, but I do got some people who are not in the United States that follow me. So we're going to talk about, even from a global perspective, what COVID-19 is doing. So let's um, let's, let's first take a look at just the COVID cases, just to get a refresher. In case it's been a while since is, since you last looked at the COVID cases, just to kind of see the, the numbers we're working with. So this is, let me see, this is, oh, here's the United States. So right now in the United States, we have a total of 94.9 million cases of COVID-19 since the start of the pandemic with 1.05 million deaths. And we can take a look to see who's kind of running the show as far as the number of cases and the number of deaths here in this country. California, Texas, Florida, New York, and Illinois round out the top five in number of cases. And then when we talk about deaths, California, Texas, Florida, New York, Pennsylvania, those round out the top five in deaths. So if you're talking about cases, if you're talking about deaths, you see three states that are kind of remaining or four states that remain up top, California, Texas, Florida, and New York. And then when we talk about a number of deaths as well, kind of in that same pattern. So let's take a look to see the worldwide perspective, because I think, again, obviously, not only is, you know, United, we're, you know, we talk about being number one, we're number one in a lot of things and number of cases and number of deaths were also fortunately number one as well. So total number of cases here in uh, worldwide, as far as COVID-19, since the start of the pandemic, 607 million. I want to pause right there. 
because I want us to think about what I'm saying. I'm saying that since the start of the pandemic, which is March 2020, since the start of the pandemic, we've had over 600 million cases of COVID-19 with 6.51 million deaths. We're not even hitting year three yet of this pandemic. And those numbers are just absolutely staggering. And it's one of those things where when we talk about COVID, when we talk about just one in a lifetime, hopefully, things that we're going to experience, like something, a disease like this does not come every like four or five years. Like we're, this is not something that is normal. It's not normal for an average of 200 million people to be affected by disease every single year. Again, we're not even up to year three yet. And again, 6.51 million deaths worldwide as well. So again, if, if the numbers did not scream like, hey, this COVID issue, this COVID thing is some of an issue, hopefully that kind of gets us kind of a, a better picture. Now I want to move. So we talked about the cases, right? It's a lot of them. We talked about the deaths. There's a lot of them both here and abroad. Now let's look at the vaccination because obviously this is what this uh, discussion is about. Like what's going on with the vaccinations uh, here in this country and worldwide as far as COVID-19 is concerned, just so we can get a get a like a nice little snapshot of that. So worldwide and uh, let me make sure you can see uh, this bit. In fact, let me make that screen a little bit bigger because I want to make sure you guys can see the numbers. So worldwide... Moving down here in the oh, I'm sorry, in the United States. So, United States, we have 610 million doses of vaccinations given, with 224 million people fully vaccinated, which is roughly 68% of the population. So, let me pause there for a second, right? Because what you're seeing just across the board, especially from those who were strong proponents. Uh, I'm sorry, opponents of the vaccine and all of our measures, masking up, social distancing, is that people are like, oh, I told you guys, like, especially now, you see a lot of people coming out saying, oh, I told you guys didn't need to get that vaccine and they tricked you. I told you guys didn't need to wear that mask, they tricked you. But if we, and I've said this before, if you remember correctly, a lot of us were saying, hey, if we can get about 70% of this country vaccinated, I think we can get over this hump. Now, of course, if you would have asked us, is it going to take two and a half years to get over that 70%? We probably wouldn't believe. We would say, nah, with this country, not with this country. This country is going to stick together. This country is going to do what it needs to do because it also wants to get past this pandemic. It's the reason why we still have to say we're in a pandemic because mentally so many people have checked out of the thought that, yes, we are still in a pandemic as we speak. On my TikTok page, I posted an article because Florida has led uh, the, the state of America, Florida, uh, in number of COVID deaths for the past three months, which kind of coincides to what we did last year around this time, leading uh, the states in deaths for two months. Like So again, COVID has not went away, despite the fact that when you turn on a TV, you may not see as much fanfare. You may not see as many people on corners testing, and you may not see as many advertisements that are testing. It's not like COVID has went away. A lot of it has went away is the money behind it. 
And because the money behind the COVID prevention has went away and these rules and regulations from different states and organizations have said, hey, like COVID isn't as serious despite what our numbers tell you, this is why you're seeing just, it feel like it's under wraps as far as what COVID, what's happening uh, with COVID. So, but let's, let's uh, again, let's take a look at uh, just the vaccination number, just so you guys can get an idea. So right now, the total number of vaccinations given in the United States, again, 610 million, 224 are fully vaccinated, 68% of the population is vaccinated, and uh, obviously Florida. Uh, you know, I like to highlight Florida because obviously I'm in the state of Florida, uh, with about 69% of their population vaccinated. If we just kind of look at the numbers, Rhode Island, Puerto Rico, Guam, Vermont, Maine make up the top five as far as percent of their total population vaccinated. Rhode Island with 85%, Puerto Rico with 84.5%, Guam with 84%, Vermont with 82%, Maine with 81%. And who makes up the, some of the lowest? Wyoming with 51%, Alabama with 52%, Mississippi with 52%, uh, Louisiana with 54%. Those make up the lowest. Now, as far as in doses given, right, I don't think it's a surprise that California, Texas, New York, and Florida make up the top four top four uh, states that um, have, uh, have have had doses given out because of just the, the sheer population uh, of them. And you can kind of see respectively uh, what that means. California with about 73% of their population fully vaccinated. Texas, uh, uh, 62%. New York, 78%. Florida, 69%. So despite special, and again, I'll talk about Florida. Despite, let me let me get myself zoomed real quick. Despite the fact that we live in a state where our governor has actively, and I mean actively, campaigned and made rules against trying to protect ourselves from COVID, we still got a lot of people who are vaccinated. We still have a lot of people because we, we're giving them out. But unfortunately, we also have a lot of people dying. Like we also have a lot of people dying from the cases of COVID because what can you do? So again, it's just something, again, this kind of get wrap our minds around this aspect of, you know, it's two, it's almost like two different worlds. In one world, we the the regular world understands COVID is still here. COVID is still a problem, and then you have, especially here in the United States, but again, obviously, a part of parts of the country that want to just kind of move on, and that's what leads us to this discussion this evening and this aspect of moving on. Um, oh, first of all, let me let me post because I saw someone wanted to know. So someone's asking the the shirt I'm wearing. Uh, and it's my I am vaccinated, but stay away shirt. So I'll put a link. I'll put a link in the description. Uh, you can, I'll put a link in the comments. Uh, catch that on my uh, website, shop.drberrypierre.com. Uh, back to the regular schedule program. So when we talk about this aspect of trying to move on, move on to our next stage, these types of conversations is exactly what we're looking for. The conversation of, hey, you know what? If we really want to start talking like we're on the other end of the pandemic or that we're coming out of the pandemic, we're not. But if we really want to start talking, well, I'll take that. We are coming out of the pandemic. We're not. We're still kind of knee deep in it, but it's at least not as deep as it was before. So if we really want to say like, hey, yeah, we're coming out of this pandemic or we're trying to make our way out of this pandemic, 
this is the type of conversation we need to have. And it's this conversation of reality. Despite what, you know, the naysayers, the anti-vaxxers or anti-COVID vaxxers, however they want to say, despite what they want to tell you, COVID is here to stay. COVID is still severe. COVID is still significant enough that if we don't address the fact that, yep, this is going to be here forever, AKA, we're going to have to prepare ourselves for variants. We're going to have to prepare ourselves for long COVID, which is a discussion that we will, we are going to start having more and more often, especially because of the sheer number of people who've gotten this disease. This aspect of, and I, I was reading an article that there are certain countries that have already added COVID diagnosis as a diagnosis of disability. And if, if to think about what that means before COVID, for you to be disabled from a respiratory disease, you'd have to have like long-standing COPD, long-standing end-stage uh, congestive heart failure. Um, you'd have to have long-standing destructive diseases that have been affecting you for years and years to, for someone, especially from a government standpoint, to say, oh, okay, you know, I think you're disabled from that disease. But here we are going into year three. We're not even at year three yet. We're going into year three and we're already saying, hey, you know what? If you've gotten COVID, you know what? I, I can, I'll listen to an argument that you may be disabled from that COVID. That is how damaging COVID has been to our population. That is how damaging COVID, uh, especially from a medical standpoint, is going to be, especially from a chronic condition. There are a lot of people, again, we, we talk about this aspect of low percentage of deaths, but it's not the mortality that is going to be a concern. Actually, it is, but it's the morbidity, the fact that there's a lot of people who didn't die from COVID, but they're severely, severely affected for the rest of their lives because of COVID. So this is why you have to have these discussions on, like, hey, you know what, we should probably start thinking, like, you know, that, you know, this may be just a thing. Like, cause no one blinks an eye that when we talk about getting a flu shot every single year, no one blinks an eye. No one says, oh, they're, they're talking about another flu vaccine. No one does that because we've just gotten used to the fact that the flu is here to stay. It's going to keep coming around in waves. And remember the flu season is coming up. Make sure you get your vaccines uh, in the next couple of months because this is the time to start preparing for it. You don't want to get the flu vaccine when flu is here. No, get it now. So when it comes around, you're prepared caveat but like the same thing with covid there's going to be seasons hope i'm hoping i'm hoping that there's going to be seasons of covid because at least we can predict it right now covid just seems to be here and this is the summer months this is the months where covid becomes a factor but the issue is once december january february the time where respiratory viruses usually take a hold because that's usually during flu time is COVID going to have another spike? And that's what we're scared of. Remember, the last spike had us seeing 100,000 cases, um, not, I'm sorry, had us seeing uh, 100,000 uh, cases on average per week, uh, which, which I'm sorry, which actually we see now, almost like a million. Like it it was crazy, a uh, short number. Like for those who don't know, the number of cases that we get for COVID right now are about 100,000 every day. Like again, but again, it is something that you wouldn't know it if you weren't you know, connected or you didn't like think about it. In fact, in fact, I want, I don't want people to be like, ah, oh, Dr. Bear, you're just, you're just trying to sensationalize it. You don't, you just, you just want us to wear masks forever. And I've had people uh, accuse me of being down with the mask companies 
And that's and that's why I keep talking about wearing masks because I want people to wear masks forever, which again just just isn't the case here. Uh, let's take a look, just just so you guys can kind of see just the number of cases. Just so you know that, like new cases on September seventh, one hundred and forty four thousand, one hundred and twenty five thousand on September sixth. I'll skip the holiday weekends. New cases eighty eight thousand September second, one hundred and eight thousand September first. And again, these are just new cases. 154,000. So don't don't assume that because the fanfare isn't there, a lot of people aren't still getting the disease. Like this disease is still a problem. And with new variants and subvariants, and we're going to be talking about the boost, the newer vaccine boosters on the podcast next week. So make sure you check out the podcast next week because uh, I'm going to be discussing the uh, new COVID boosters. Uh, that are from Moderna and Pfizer. So make sure you, you, you check that out. Thank you. Thank you very much. So let's let's go to Dr. Fauci's uh, message, right? Because again, I feel like he took the words right out of my mouth. And for a lot of people, for a lot of people, it's that like that credibility that he has. So now that Dr. Fauci says it, I think it's going to um, it's going to drive home Some a little bit better for a lot of people. May continue let's see to be here. more frequent. Let's give it a second. It is becoming increasingly clear. I mean, oh, I should actually share the page so you guys can see what I'm seeing. This is off uh, CBS News. Clear that looking, looking forward with the COVID-19 pandemic, in the absence of a dramatically different variant, we likely are moving towards a path with a vaccination cadence similar to that of the annual influenza vaccine, with annual updated COVID-19 shots matched to the currently circulating strains for most of the population. However, some particularly vulnerable groups may continue to need more frequent vaccination against COVID-19. It is becoming increasingly clear that looking forward with the COVID-19 pandemic, in the absence of a dramatically different variant, we likely are moving towards a path with a vaccination cadence similar to that of the annual influenza vaccine with annual updated COVID-19 shots matched to the currently circulating strains for most of the population. However, some particularly vulnerable groups may continue to need more frequent vaccination against COVID-19. It is becoming increasingly. All right. So, again, I just wanted to make I, I always play it twice just to make sure y'all don't catch the beginning part. But this is it is what it is. Right. This is Dr. Fauci. Y'all already know how I feel about the Fauci, Fauci master. Right. Dr. Fauci says, hey, guys, you know what? Let's start thinking about the fact that this COVID-19 is not going anywhere. And I think even though he said, like, yeah, we should start thinking about COVID-19 being an annual uh, shot that we just get that every year. We do some adjustments, say, hey, this variant has been ramping up. Let's make a vaccine specifically for that variant to protect us for the next go around, which is what we do for the flu now. If you didn't understand, if you don't understand how and what we do for the flu now, this is the exact way we do the flu. That way, I don't want anyone, to, especially those who are anti vax or anti COVID vax, to be running up in my um, comment section like, oh my God, you tell me they gotta, they're going to make a new formulation. Yes, that's what we do with the flu. Every single year. This is nothing new um, with the technology that we have, especially with these mRNA vaccines, right? We're going to do it. We're going to do it very well. 
But what this is telling us, right? And this is something that, again, we're trying to, one, we, we already talked about the CDC decision to start cutting down on a lot of their restrictions and saying, hey, you know what? Let's move on. Now you have, uh, you know, the White House kind of noted that, hey, you know what? We're going to start also, um, you know, not be able to fund a lot of the things we used to fund anymore. One, because Congress won't give them any money for it. That's a whole nother discussion. So because they're not getting the funding for the things that they used to be able to do for COVID-19, like a lot of people are just saying like, all right, we're getting close to the 70%. In some parts of the country, we're already at the 70%. We are going to have to just come with this realization that COVID is here to stay. We're going to start recognizing it as a disability for, for and, and this is especially to these insurance companies, because those are the ones who are going to have to recognize it because they're going to have to pay some money. We're going to start recognizing it as a disability. And we're saying, you know what, we're going to get you, we're going to get you guys a flu shot every year. Now, one question that I do have, especially for the COVID-19 vaccine, is who's going to be able to pay for it? Who's going to be covering the cost? If you are an uninsured patient, are you going to be able to go somewhere to get a COVID-19 vaccine booster? Like, like that's a question that I have, a question that I'm, you know, that's racking my mind. Obviously, we won't go into the weeds at this moment, but it is something we need to think about, especially from a public health perspective, and especially for the fact that I take care of a lot of patients who may be underserved communities. So I want to make sure my underserved communities that I'm taking care of still have access to that. Like right now, the government pays for a lot of it, subsidizes for a lot of it. So we can just go to a store, get it for free and keep it moving. But eventually the government's not going to be paying for you to go to these local pharmacies and just get your local vaccine. And then if that becomes the case, guess who will always be affected? Those who are underserved, those who don't have uh, the ability and access to care like others. So when you have a new variant, because again, new variants are going to come. And what we're hoping, and especially with what we're seeing, is that, yes, we get a new variant, but please, let's let it not be as transmissible as the last one. And let's not let's make sure it's not deadly. Like those are those are our only things we cross our fingers every time we get a new variant, because we're saying, all right, if this is the, if this is it, let's just hope that it isn't as contagious as the last one. Let's just hope that it isn't as deadly as the most recent one. Right. Because that would be the worst combination. No. And fortunately, we're not seeing again because because here in this country, I always say in this country, because remember, the vaccine supply that we have here for COVID-19, we're shipping out of the country now because we don't want it to go to waste. Because we have so many more people who are like, ah, eh, I don't want to get that. The, the the vaccination rates for kids under uh, five, um, yeah, it's miserable, right? And it just what's going to happen is that it's going to take, unfortunately, a significant number of kids to pass away for that number to kind of rise. So right now, people are just like, ah, you know what? I'm okay with that. I'm I, like, I'll take my chances. But mind you, those same people are probably running uh, to get a monkeypox vaccine because, again, it, this disfiguring lesion and everything else, right? Again, I'm not here, not here to judge. Well, I'm, I'm here to judge a little bit. I'm here to judge just a little bit. But like, that's that's what we're gonna have to kind of come to grips with. That COVID nineteen is here. It's here to stay. It's gonna be here till I die. It's gonna be here till I get old, till my kids get old. It's it's not going anywhere. So we have to start preparing ourselves for that next stage that, hey, we got a new disease on the block that ain't going nowhere. 
So we got to start protecting ourselves from a vaccination standpoint. We got to start protecting ourselves uh, from a sheer, um, you know, prevention standpoint. Like this is when the prevention comes in. This is because we assume that people aren't going to want to wear masks forever. They are. They, they couldn't wait to take it off. And COVID was at is like super height. They couldn't wait to take it off. So we got to understand that just with the culture, especially in this country, with the culture that we're in, you're going to have a culture where, you know what, they're going to they're, they're not going to social distance. They're not going to wear a mask. Right. They're OK. You know, you know, giving out uh, COVID-19 and being at a risk for it. They're, like that's just they're, they're saying, you know, I'll just take the risk. You know, it only kills one to two percent people. I'll take the risk that I'm part of the 98 percent. Like and for a lot of people that they have made that resolve that they are going to be a part of the 98 percent. And unfortunately, that 98 percent, I wish we had the number of 98 percent of people who then don't have any symptoms or side effects whatsoever. Because that number is much lower than 98. I can assure you that that number is much lower than 98%. There are a lot of people who survive COVID, but have such significant comorative effects that it's going to affect them for the rest of their life. That's just, it just is what it is. I work in a long-term care center. I've taken care of patients who've gotten ECMO, who've been intubated, who's been trached, right? Who's had a peg tube for feedings, all because of COVID. I can assure you that they're not just kind of skipping the beat and acting like nothing is like, oh, okay, you know, I survived COVID, I'm good. Like, no, like you're you're having lifelong mental issues associated with the disease process that almost took your life. Fortunately, you were part of that 98% that didn't die, uh, but within that 98%, you're part of the group who is significantly will be damaged from the ill effects of treatment and surviving COVID. Like that's really what it is, right? Where there's gonna be, there's gonna be, if there's not already like a surviving COVID list um, of group of people who survive COVID, but they're sick as a dog. Like that's just it. Like it's just we just gotta be honest with ourselves, right? So again, I'm yours truly, Dr. Barry Pierre. Again, thank you for joining another episode of Real Physician Reacts um, to my uh, lunch and learn. Uh, listeners on the podcast, appreciate you. Make sure you subscribe to the YouTube channel. If you're a podcast listener, make sure you subscribe uh, to the audio that you listen to. You guys be blessed. Have a great evening. I'm going to see you guys next week.